You're listening to the Study Legal English podcast, the world's first legal English podcast, helping lawyers and law students become fluent in legal English. Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Study Legal English podcast. I am your host Louise and today you'll be hearing an interview I did recently with Dr Jan Bamford. Dr Jan Bamford is the Head of Student Experience and Academic Outcomes at the Guild School of Business and Law at London Metropolitan University in London in the UK where she has worked for over 20 years. Jan is qualified in social science, teaching and law, and she carries out research related to international learning and international students' experiences in the UK. So this interview is particularly interesting for international students who are studying in the UK, or for prospective students, perhaps maybe you're thinking about studying an LLM abroad in the UK. You can find out a little bit about the structure of the LLM in the UK and some of the challenges that international students face. So let's get started. So what are the pros and cons of studying a Masters of Law degree in the UK as a foreign student? One of the challenges, I would say, has to be that the UK Masters degrees are only one year long. Mm -hmm. Two semesters of teaching and a semester of dissertation. To move to Masters level in Mm -hmm. a year and be able to achieve all that you can achieve is one challenge. The other challenge is therefore what that brings with it on language and ability to realise your potential. If you finish the two semesters of teaching and then have to do your dissertation, the students are tired, they need a rest and they've got to go straight into dissertation study. Mm. And that's tough and it's over the summer as well. So that's sort of you know, the mindset of it's the summer, so it's downtime you don't have as a master's student. So I think a lot of international students, they extend the dissertation submission time because mm-hmm. of that reason. The great thing about it in terms of a pro is that it's over and done within a year. Yes. The other plus side to that is the finances, because mm-hmm. it means that you only pay for a year, not two years. Mm-hmm. But of course, master's degrees in the UK are expensive, um, particularly in London and living in London. So again, there's sort of a balance. So the plus side is that it's only a year, so you have to pay for a year, but actually living in London is very expensive. Living in the UK is not so cheap. Masters are not so cheap. I think, again, another con perhaps compared to around the world is that uh, our master's degrees have less credits because you don't have work placement included Mm -hmm. in them, which could be advantage or it could be a disadvantage. Another obvious pro is the UK's standing educationally in the world. If you do a law degree in the UK, then that's going to be highly regarded, particularly if you go to somewhere like UCL. So Mm -hmm. world-leading university, world-class education, Mm -hmm. can't go wrong. There's lots of other challenges to do with different approaches to study and language. The pro is that you can come in and do a master's in the UK in law. Mm -hmm without having done undergraduate study in law. The con 
is coming in and doing a master's in law, having not done an undergraduate in law, because, of course, the language and the expectation is that you will understand legal frameworks from the UK perspective. Mm -hmm. For most of the world, apart from those systems that are based on British systems, so US, Australia, Canada, mm-hmm. they have a different way of working in terms mm-hmm. of their legal system. To understand the British system in a year, very challenging. This idea of a code is not there, and so, mm-hmm. okay, how do I understand precedent and how that works in mm-hmm. the space of a year? Uh, international students who haven't done a, a law degree or they've done a law degree in their own country and then come to the UK to study a master's. Is there anything they could do to prepare themselves for that shift to the common law system? I think they should do a pre-course. Mm-hmm. I think that would mm-hmm. be useful. I think there needs to be a conversion mm-hmm. course, in my view. You could do online conversion mm-hmm. courses. Mm-hmm. It would be very sensible. So at London Met, are there like support services for international students? Yes, exactly. So English support, study skills support, etc. Mm-hmm. etc. Et okay, and why do students choose to study a Master of Law degree in the UK? The procedure, I mm-hmm. presume, and the prospect of having an international job. If you understand the British system, then it's likely that you will understand the workings of, because it's obviously in, influenced a lot of areas of international trade mm-hmm. and you might do some international subjects and therefore you have the prospect of an international career. Or you might come from a system that is largely based on the UK and therefore mm-hmm. having a British master's degree is going to enhance your career prospects. There is um, high demand, well there's a high demand and a hugely um, I think important aspect to the Russell Group institutions in offering postgraduate law degrees because mm-hmm. I think that there is that market quite clearly. The University of London, as an example, mm-hmm. has an intercollegiate LLM. So there is still, I would say, huge attraction to studying law in the UK. Mm-hmm. You know, it's many regard it as the birthplace of contemporary rule of law. So, mm-hmm. of course. The historical element is there as well, isn't it? And studying in London in particular, in my experience, I studied in London and, uh, and you studied in London as well. Like it, It's nice to be in the centre of where legislation is made, where you've exactly. got loads of libraries. Advanced legal studies, mm-hmm. library of advanced legal mm-hmm. studies, yeah. Great resources, lots of things going on, lots of law firms and... Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and if you're international as well, there's that international law dimension. Mm-hmm. What things are important in an application for a Master of Law degree? Good English language, good writing skills, good analytical skills. That demonstration of the ability to take your writing, but write in a sort of scientific way, which is what you need for all law qualifications, so that that critical ability is important and um, ability to argue, and that needs to be somehow demonstrated. And clearly, obviously, a good first degree. I would say it needs to have an element of law in the first degree, Mm -hmm. because otherwise you would need some sort of conversion Mm -hmm. course. I think those that come from other subjects straight into studying law would be very challenged, Mm -hmm. it would be hard. They may be able to do it if they're very bright, of course, but it's challenging. Mm -hmm. So I would look for a law degree as well. It shows an ability to structure and argue that you don't get in other sorts of degrees. What's about work experience or anything like that? 
I think it's useful, but not necessarily absolutely compulsory. What do you think the impact of Brexit will be on that necessity for people to, to know about English law or as well for students who are coming to the UK and wanting to study a master's? It might mean that applications increase, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, I did my LLM. I don't think Greece were in or they were just joining the European Union, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And so there were a number of Greeks. For them, as well-off Greeks, they wanted to study shipping. Of course, the best place to study shipping law is the UK, because it's mm-hmm. an arbitration, commercial arbitration centre, and it's where the rest of the world feeds on in terms of the structure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for international shipping law. So I don't think Brexit's going to affect that. Mm-hmm. It may affect some students who come here on Erasmus exchange. Yes, we don't know what the Erasmus situation mm-hmm. is going to look like yet. But I don't think, because European law is so very different, so you would have had to have wanted mm-hmm. to study British law specifically So Brexit's not really going to have an impact on that because those people would still want to study. You know, for some people, it's like a finishing school. They Mm -hmm. do the New York bar and they come to London and do it. That's the kind of mentality you're probably talking about for those people who do an international law master's. I could be wrong, but I'm not sure it's going to have a huge effect. It depends what happens after Brexit. If Britain goes into a little hole of recession and never comes out, then nobody's got to know. Yeah, I mean, if the if the UK does go into recession, I suppose the benefit for international students is that coming to university in the UK would be more affordable. Um, what can be done to improve the students uh, and international students' experience in the UK? Are there any mm, kind of problems that you think international students face? So, what what problems do international students face? Well, obviously, language, living costs. The social dynamic, the network systems, the education system. Mm-hmm. It's very different than the, most of the rest of the world. So the class time is very small. If you go to any university, probably in most countries around the world, you get anything between 18 to 30 hours a week in class. You don't hear. You are expected to study by yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's even more at master's level. Um, so you're left to your own devices and that's challenging. So I used to run orientations and study skills for international students to try to help them transition. And of course, culture. Understanding first your own culture and then how to communicate with others from a different culture is hugely impactful. And depending on where you're from in the world, there's a guy called Gert Hofstede who's done a lot of work on cultural difference mm-hmm. and um, how you can analyse that. And is very criticised for stereotyping, allegedly. Mm-hmm. However, it, it, people have different nuances of behaviour and different norms of behaviour. And depending on the country they come from, it can broadly be defined along national lines. Mm-hmm. Now that can break down. So in the UK, we're complicated. We've got Scottish and Irish and Welsh, and we all mm-hmm. think they're different. However, to the people outside, they think it's just the UK, so they divide, divide it along that line. So is how do I and then you come into London which is very very cosmopolitan city that's another thing so you have to deal with the sort of urban versus um, less urban so if you come from a small town coming into London is a huge shock it's one of the fastest moving cosmopolitan cities in the world and that gives a lot of people problems 
And then there's food, you know, getting homesick and things like this. So these are all issues that international students have. For me, I think the primary one is understanding cultural difference. Because once you get your head around that and expectations of behaviour and behaviour of others, then you can kind of, you know that if you're feeling down, that it's because none of the sign, the none of the buildings, none of the environment is is in any way familiar mm. and that's going to impact you at some point in time and it's a question then of how that impacts and how deeply and how you work through it and can carry on studying and it colours everything I can agree with you there because when I lived in Brazil I really suffered from culture shock mm. and homesickness mm. in a way that I really didn't imagine that I would mm. and uh, and sort of even at a time you know it took time before I realized that that even was the case mm. and so maybe for, for international students you know I can see that really you might absolutely not even expect to have that feeling but then you do and uh, yeah and and it's kind of difficult to know what to do how, how to, to, how to how get how out to of it. it yeah who do you talk to yeah how do you work your way through it what do you do yeah and sometimes it's as simple as having a conversation with someone mm-hmm. about it yeah so that you understand you're not alone yeah and that other people recognize what's going on with you and mm-hmm. try and help you or someone from home and you have a conversation in english or whatever mm-hmm. you know and, and, and you, you you feel more comfortable or even it's interesting because the research I've done food is such an unacknowledged aspect of this and it's not necessarily that I say spaghetti bolognese you could cook that anywhere in the world Mm -hmm. but it's the taste of the food it's the actual taste of home and even if you cook the same dish it might not actually taste the same because the vegetables and the fruit are different yes they taste different like chocolate Tastes different. I can remember. I mean, in Brazil, I could never have a cup of tea. Yeah, that was the same. There you go. You you didn't realise how British you were with the tea thing. (laughs) You know, sometimes I even take tea bags in my luggage because I know that I'm not going to get the tea that I want. Yeah. All of these things really affect the studying experience, Mm. and it's interesting. So I did some work on a trip to China, Peking. Mm -hmm. The students went to Peking Mm -hmm. University for 10 days. And they were a group of international students. I don't know if you've been to China, but there's no thing like breakfast or, you know, it's the same food all day long. Mm -hmm. And the smell of the food, and it just smells like Chinese food everywhere, which, of course, it would do because it's China and nobody's speaking English. Mm -hmm. And it was really funny to watch them. Because we'd go to these restaurants and there was a big table and everybody would have all the food together and everything. So, it's you know, they're with colleagues, they're on their course here from, but you could see the impact of the food. Yeah. And I've got a photograph of one of them. He was Austrian, actually. Out of the soup, he pulled a chicken's head. This caused horror mm. because in the West, we don't put the heads of the animals in the food. Yeah. So it was a kind of... Oh my god, it was a culture shock moment. Yeah. You know, he had it on the chopsticks. It's a big impact. Yeah. Um, and so um, when international students face these issues in the UK, at the moment, is there anything that's done for people suffering from culture shock? Or can what can universities do? What do you think they can do to improve it? Well, I think I think you need to have social networks, I think you need to have mentoring systems i Mm -hmm. think you need to have 
approachable staff, so personal tutors or whatever, who are able to, or course leaders, who can support those students and understand what they're going through. But there is still, I think, a lot of work to be done in educating lecturers about the kind of things that students are going through. Anybody from the East, Far East in particular, suffers enormous anxiety because of the different patterns of communication. And we really do, we let these students just suffer with it. Um, And yes, they find their networks, but they really do have to go and find a network. But there are a lot of anxiety problems caused from... So they say they work in a group. We Westerners, in their view, are quite rude. Mm-hmm. We interrupt, we yeah. s- make our opinion known, we brainstorm, we're mm-hmm. thinking, and they're sitting waiting for politely for an opportunity to speak mm-hmm. and never get it. And this is stressful because mm-hmm. they can never... They think they're not valued because mm-hmm. they can't express their opinion. So... For want of a better way of putting it, I would say it's, it's incredibly complicated. Yeah, I can say that after my experience of having this culture shock, uh, one, one positive thing was that you gain a completely different perspective on your own culture. That's as, a very important thing. Yeah, as well as like being away from your own country, you do get this perspective that you don't necessarily get uh, or, or could be more difficult to get if you're always in your own culture. And having experienced a completely different way of life, it sort of can open your mind. Mm. Although, <laughs> uh, you know, a culture shock is, is very, very difficult to, to deal it with. Um, okay, what, uh, what job options are there for, for international students who complete a, an LLM in the UK? Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they want to stay in the UK at the moment, there's a visa process that they have to go mm-hmm. through. Probably some law firms will be happy to do that for outstanding candidates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And obviously the very basic element of that would be to have some sort of legal qualification in the UK. So a master's in law would be just an aspect of that, I would mm-hmm. say. You know, people who yeah. want to work in shipping, people who want to work in international finance, people who want to work in international trade. Those companies want people from other countries who have expertise in more than one country and can speak more than one language. So that's the other thing I should have said at the beginning as well, is that once you've done a law master's, it says something about your language level in English that is makes you employable. Yes, yeah, I do agree because also a lot of... British people don't speak another language. Mm. It's not so common for, no. for us because we're so comfortable with English mm. being so, being the international language. Exactly. But international students who are coming to the UK can speak English. They're a real asset to... to they have a potential us. advantage. Yeah. And, uh, and so now moving on to talk a little bit about your work. So your work as an academic, how you became an academic and your current research mm. projects. I have focused a lot in terms of my research on international student experience. My doctorate was in joint degrees across two countries, looking at the student experience of that, specifically France and the UK suite of joint uh, master's programmes. Mm-hmm. And more recently, I focused on internationalising the curriculum and cultural diversity in the classroom. So I'm now looking at not necessarily just international students, but migrants who mm. come to this country and then study. So I'm writing a book with a colleague of mine at the moment called Student Voices in Higher Education, mm-hmm. Cultural Journeys in the Classroom. In terms of my career, how did I become an academic? Accidentally. <laughs> 
completely accidentally. I finished my LLM and um, I would like to say it was some grand plan, but it wasn't. Uh-huh. I was working marketing, I'm doing jobs here and there. Decided marketing was a bit boring, actually. Uh-huh. I did that for a couple of years and I thought, Ooh, it's not really challenging me. And my mother, who was a teacher, had a friend who just walked out of a classroom in Hammersmith College. Uh-huh. And they knew I had an LLM. They said, could she come in and just stand in while we get to the end of term? And it was like a duck to water and the rest yeah. is history. Working in university, you've got this balance. Things that you have to do here, such as teaching, and then projects that are really interesting that you can get on with and you have that sort of freedom but still help the university. So that flexibility is, for me, attractive. And what would be, what's your typical day like? There isn't a typical day, you know. It could be um, meetings, it could Uh be a bit of teaching because I don't do so much teaching Uh anymore. It could be administration. It depends on the day of the week. But a typical day is... Well, that's a difficult... Yeah, they're all different. And so what do you hope to do in the future? Well, I would like to finish my book. I would like to write a few more papers and do a couple of research projects. Do more research and things that interest me, I suppose. I enjoy going to conferences, I enjoy presenting papers, I enjoy going overseas, but we'll just have to see. Very good, Okay. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Great. So for those of you who are interested in Jan's work, you can find her staff profile at www.londonmet.ac.uk forward slash schools forward slash business dash and dash law. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with others. And of course, you can get in touch at info at studylegalenglish.com if you've got any questions. So thanks for listening and see you next time.